Who would have ever thought that I would have a website for my podcast? <laughs> That's crazy talk. It's crazy. Anyway, I guess I should be starting this episode. It's episode 178 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and it's time to hit the gridiron. That's right, Ohio High School football is coming to you this weekend. Find out what yours truly is doing, and also catch week one scores of Indiana high school football within the area. If it's Sunday Sports, it's on the local Sunday Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly audio podcast that covers all sports in Dayton and Cincinnati, Ohio, and the surrounding areas. From Northern Kentucky and the Ohio River up to Lima and Allen County. From Richmond, Indiana and the surrounding Whitewater Valley region to Madison County and surrounding areas. If you want local sports, this is your source. To find your favorite way of listening to this podcast, as well as visiting the Tea Public and Redbubble shops and find the latest episodes, please visit sindaypod.com. This opening theme was created with the Splash app. And now it's time for another episode with your host, Lee W. Mowen. There's nothing like hearing that opening each and every time I do an episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. It's great having you aboard this week. Very exciting episode for you. By very exciting, I mean, here comes work for me finally. Hooray! Now, we'll talk about uh, some personal news in just a moment. But first, there is a little bit of podcast news that I need to go over real quick. And that would be how I do high school football scores. As you know, in years past, I've done them, you know, right before the next episode, meaning this week's high school football scores will be on next week's episode, which makes sense. But with, you know, social media score stream, which I am so glad to see those notifications back and you now the media, I should say, I don't know why I was struggling with that, but there we go. Pretty much, if you can watch it or hear it on the radio, it's there Friday night. I thought about doing something to alleviate that problem, and I bought myself a little cheap phone microphone. Now, of course, Zoom and Sure make these nice microphones that go into an Apple phone, but I don't have one of those iPhones. I'm not a cool kid, I guess. What I do have is a Zach Sound condenser microphone model SF666 Pro. Yes, really, that's what the number is. I don't know why. I don't make these things up. Got them on Amazon at a very good deal. I think it was like 15 bucks. So I am trying it out right now. I'm recording a little bit of this episode with the microphone. I'm trying to see how far it needs to be because mainly I'm going to be, you know, recording it in my car so about it recommends a foot away but i don't know what a foot is not just by my eyes 
You expect me to know that stuff? I don't. But, yeah, that's more going to be Friday, that type of thing. I've been trying to see how I can make it live, whereas I can upload it, and it's not an episode. It's not episode 179, which is next week's episode, or anything like that. I thought, hey, wouldn't it be great if I did that on Twitter? But then I realized, oh, yeah, Twitter for Android doesn't have that feature where you can just record sound and upload it. And I don't know if they will or not. I, I love that feature, but I don't have it. So maybe it goes on Facebook. Maybe it goes on Instagram. Maybe it goes up on Anchor and it distributes it as like a trailer or something like that. I don't know. But I'm learning on how I can do that. But yeah, brand new phone microphone. Seems to be doing okay. Had a little test on it before. And yeah, it's a pretty handy dandy microphone. It's a little bit echoey, but that you know that's because I'm recording in my studio, which is my bedroom. So I would like to start off episode 178 with some personal news. There are some high school football scores. You heard it in the intro. Yours truly is back with ESP Media in Cincinnati, which I'm very excited with. And I get to work again with Kyle Howard, who was a guest. Uh, was he the last interviewee I had sure let's say that anyway Kyle Howard's going to be working with me again and we're not doing Loveland Tigers football this year we're doing Princeton Vikings football meaning we get to cover the Greater Miami Conference now and the Vikings have a very solid program head coach Mike Daniels he's done a great job with those Vikings and the nice thing is you know Princeton is a very nice drive. I hit 75 and hopefully don't hit the rush hour traffic. It's a little bit different. I was looking forward to seeing what the Loveland Tigers could do this year and some of the new foes. But, eh, hey, I'm not complaining one bit. I'm happy to be a small part of the Princeton Vikings family by broadcasting all Six regular season football games, three on the road, three at Princeton, and the playoffs. I'm very excited, so I, I I hope you're excited to join that journey with me, and I'll share you those links Friday nights. And our first game will be at Hamilton, and that'll start at 7 o'clock, and it's on livestream.com slash Media. So very excited for that. I want to thank Rob Ebel for bringing me back for another year. And also some ESP Media News. They have started their kind of like second channel. Not ESP2. It's watchhssports.net. And it's a channel where you can pay to watch, you know, other sports. Like there's football games in there, but there's also soccer, both girls and boys, and volleyball in there. Don't know how much I'm going to be helping broadcasting those games, but maybe there's some more on the horizon for me so i'm very excited tomorrow i'm picking up the gear in cincinnati i'm i'm pumped i i I, my last game was early march and there was a time where i was going stir crazy i don't know how my fiance puts up with me but she does she does also the cats which aren't near me for this podcast episode i'm a little sad our oldest cat turned one today so yeah i tweeted that Enough of that waffle. Just basically, I'm back broadcasting high school football, and you can find me at ESP Media 
covering Princeton Vikings football with Kyle Howard. I'll be the play-by-play voice, and Kyle will be the color commentator. And really looking forward to seeing Hamilton's football field for the first time ever. So very excited and ready to go. But let's continue on with episode 178. Now, I ran a poll on Sunday Pod on Twitter. It never got to Facebook, sorry. And I'm asking, should I include Columbus area high school scores for football? Now, keep in mind, this year I decided to do a little bit more southeastern Indiana, since that is part of the area. My only fault on that is I don't know a lot about the schools in southeastern Indiana. Wayne County and the Miami Valley, I'm fine with. I know about them. But not so much the southeastern counties. So this year we're going to talk about that and we do have some final scores for you. By we, I mean me. And also, uh, what was it, John Harbinks? He's the Joe Idol of Indiana. Let's pull that up real quick. But anyway, yeah, we got final scores. Also want to include Norfolk, Kentucky scores, which normally they start about the same time as Indiana. They start the week before Ohio does, which not sure why that is. But hey, you know, I'm not complaining. It's IndianaHSFootball.Homestead.com and John Harrell. John Harrell's Indiana High School Football. There's a lot of independent teams in Indiana. And there's a lot of repeat name schools, like there's a Tecumseh out west, there's a Lebanon out there too. Anyway, you're not worried about that. So yeah, there's going to be more schools that I'm going to be bringing up scores. And like I mentioned, was it this weekend that Kentucky high schools were supposed to play football? We shall see, see how many score stream notifications I get. But I asked on the poll... Should I include Columbus area schools? And 20 votes, 95% said yes. That is a lot of schools, and I'm not sure where to stop because I don't want to just cover Columbus and like the I-70 corridor. Then I have people going, well, you don't talk about our schools and everything. Personally, I know more about ice hockey for Columbus area schools because there's only 18 that carry the sport compared to football where I'm pretty sure the mass majority of Columbus schools carry the sport. So, I mean, it's still got two days to vote, but I'm not seeing 19 no votes this way. If it does, then nah, I don't care. Yes, we are bringing Columbus area high school football scores to you. So what does that entail? Well, I'm glad you asked. I have a nice little bullet point list of the schools in these conferences. We'll talk about the Central Catholic League, the Columbus City Leagues, both North and South. Although I'm not sure if they're playing football or not, just because a while back I saw Columbus City School said no sports, but that might have changed by now. Who knows? The Knox Morrow Athletic Conference, that's just kind of northeast of Columbus, that's in the central Ohio area. We'll also have the Licking County League, and a lot of these leagues have different divisions, and a lot of them are Buckeye and Cardinal. In fact, all of them have Buckeye and Cardinal in some sense. We have the Mid-Ohio Athletic Conference. 
I looked up the Mid-Ohio Christian Athletic League because, yes, I did look up on Wikipedia to make sure I have all my conferences in a row. And they don't have football, so fair enough. The Mid-State League, which is a very large league. And then we have the Ohio Capital Conference. You remember the G-Walk and their 20 schools? The OCC has that beat. They have four divisions. I thought a couple years back they had five at one point. I'm not sure. But... Yeah, four divisions in the OCC, and yes, Buckeye and Cardinal in there, as well as Capital and Ohio. And there are a ton of schools that I recognize, mainly just because we see them hockey season, so there you go. So yeah, Columbus Area High School football scores. Now, will that be on the live stream? Or not the live stream, the recording I do. I don't know if I can get it live or not. I don't know, as of yet. I don't know. I want to focus... Cincinnati Dayton area in the past few years I think I've done a good job with that but my problem is Friday you get the scores and Saturday is like you know you can talk about it but then once the next episode comes out it's like yeah who cares type of thing so I'm trying to work on that not saying I'll have an answer right off the bat but I'm working on it so I do have the gear to record you know in my car and We'll see. We'll see where things head up. However, I do have scores for you. Now, this year is going to be really different just because of the fact we're still battling the coronavirus or COVID-19, whichever you like to say. And there's some schools that have canceled games. The one of the longest rivalries in Indiana, Richmond versus Connersville. They were scheduled to play Friday night at first. Then they pushed it back to Saturday at one. And then it was just called off. So Richmond and Connorsville will not play this year. And that's our score in the North Central Conference. Let me tell you about the NCC. <laughs> that is a conference that's spread across Indiana. You have Muncie. You got Richmond, of course. You have teams in West Lafayette and Lafayette. That's on the other side of the state, mind you. Uh, you have some in Indianapolis. I mentioned Muncie. Uh, I thought there was a Fort Wayne team. I might be wrong. Was there Huntington in there too? Huntington, Indiana? Not entirely sure. Uh, normally, I just stick with Richmond. But, you know, if you want more Indiana scores, that's fine. Whatever makes the listener happy, you know? So we'll go on to the Tri-Eastern Conference. They got all five of the games in. And it starts off like this. The Union County Patriots pick up their first one of the year. They defeat Northeastern 53-15. to The Centerville Bulldogs defeat the Golden Eagles of Lincoln, 48-6. Knightstown, 21. Hagerstown, 13. Try with a big win over Union City, 35-12. And South Adams defeats Winchester, 41-8. Now, I mentioned my lack of knowledge in southeastern Indiana. I know some schools, but the ones that aren't talked about a lot, that's kind of where I lose my knowledge. So I looked it up again John Harrell's Indiana High School football page at indianahsfootball.homestead.com. Yes, spelled like the school in Indiana, the Homestead Spartans. And that's where I'm going to get my scores from Indiana. There is AM820 that has their scoreboard for Columbus. That's where I'm going to get the Columbus area scores. And the Cincinnati Dayton ones, I get a mixture of Press Pros Magazine Score stream and I think Tri-State Football, maybe WCPO. So there you go. And the games that I do, I have the score because I called the game. So there you go. I'm not a big total ripoff, you know. 
We're talking about the Eastern Indiana Athletic Conference, and we start off with Indian Creek defeating Batesville 40-13. I mentioned Connorsville did not play against Richmond. Connorsville, the Spartans, part of the EIAC. You have East Central Indiana defeating Lawrenceburg 34-7. Nice first half as the Trojans of East Central and the Tigers of Lawrenceburg were tied at 7, but it was all EC's game after that. Franklin County, they did not play. Greensburg 41, Shelbyville 7. I had a small laugh just because Shelbyville, you know, from the Simpsons. Millen 48, Rushville 26. Milan, of course, the school from Hoosiers. And South Dearborn 36, Seymour 21. Now, this is where I started to get confused. This is the Mid-Indiana Football Conference. Oh, what was that one site? WRBI's website. Thank you to Tom Snape for the scoreboard I shared on Twitter. Now, originally, it's listed as the Ohio River Athletic Conference. Check it on John Harrell's website. There is no such conference. So I assume the mid-Indiana is where the Ohio River Athletic Conference schools go to play football because there's a few that don't, such as Rising Sun. Rising Sun, I know, because of the casino, and their school happens to be the nickname Shiners. You know, because rising sun. Sun, that's that's how the sun works. So we'll start off with Oldenburg Academy. If you recognize that name from last year, Arcanum was supposed to play them, but the Trojans picked up a forfeit win on that. The Twisters defeat Rock Creek 42-6. Mentioned the Milan and Rushville score. Again, 48-26 Indians over Rushville. In the Battle of North and South. No, I'm not talking about Twin Valley. I'm talking about Decatur. North Decatur comes out on top of South Decatur, 21-7. A two-overtime affair. The first one seen by my own eyes. Tinley, 26. Edinburgh, 20. Again, two overtimes in that game. And the Pacers of Switzerland County defeats Noblesville Homeschool, 7-2. I had to double-check that score a couple of times just because 7-2, that sounds... Like a soccer match, sounds like a baseball match, softball, not a football match, but that's a touchdown and that's a safety, so there you go. And that's it. That's all the scores for week one of Indiana High School football. Of course, this year, I mentioned it's going to be different. You know, it it doesn't help with the coronavirus still going around. There's some school districts that aren't playing. There's one that has decided to play and lift the restrictions that I'm talking about the Middletown middies, which is nice because Princeton is scheduled to host Middletown for the last home game of the year, week five. I tell you, I mean, this season's going to go by just like that. Normally a 10 week season, I blink and it's like, we're in the playoffs already, but it's going to be different because of the fact you have six weeks of regular season play. And then week seven is supposed to be the start of the playoffs. Everyone can get in. They just have to let the OHSAA know we're playing them playoffs. So, yeah, Joe Idol's site, it's uh, it's not going to be really, well, it'll still be useful. But if you're looking to chase points, it's not going to do you so hot this year because points don't matter. It's like an episode of Who's Line anyway, except, you know, kids get to play and everything. Uh, there are a few differences I'll talk about in my broadcast of Princeton at Hamilton, but uh, some of the big ones I can remember off the top of my head. The coaching lines and how the team spread out, it will go from the 10-yard line to the other 10-yard line, so it's a little bit more spaced out than normal, of course, to try to keep everyone 
socially distance as possible. Officials won't be handling the ball much. The team on the offense will. Everyone has to have their own water bottle, which kind of makes sense. And yeah, there's there's many more. I think half times are slashed down to 10 minutes and timeouts can go up to two. This year, expect to see a lot of video streaming. I mean, there's a lot of uh, pay-per-views out there. So there's a ton of options if you are interested in that sort. I know Wayne High School, they do not have the services of WSWO this year. Hopefully they're back next year. But uh, there's a there's a video streaming platform, TKDS. They are charging 20 bucks for the week. Originally, I thought it was 20 bucks for a football game. And I told my fiance about that and her jaw kind of like, what? But no, it turns out it's 20 bucks per week. So that's that's not bad if you, you know, follow the multiple sports at Huber Heights Wayne. If you're going for football only, then yeah, that's a little steep, but beats the alternative. Now, for spectators, or the maximum number, excuse me, 15% of the stadium capacity or 1,500, whichever's smaller. So there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of uh, Folks that are catching these broadcasts, and I'm I, I don't take this lightly just because of the fact I never take it lightly, let's put it that way. But this year, I feel like there's gonna be a lot more people tuning in. So I, I I'm ready for it. I'm ready to go. So definitely. I mean, again, there's more differences out there, but there you go. Also, the athletes are told no locker rooms to dress, come in at least partially ready. So uh, during the nice hot weather of August ugh, and September and probably October and November and December, that means that the athletes are going to have their football gear on, jerseys on, everything like that when they're driving to the stadium or getting on the bus. So those are the few differences. And if there's any more, I'll talk about it at the Hamilton versus Princeton broadcast again i'll share that link for you on friday when i'm in hamilton so again there's your scores and i think that will do us for our first break of episode 178 we'll come back we'll talk about what's ailing the cincinnati reds fc cincinnati looking quite sharp defensively and the Columbus Crew dropping their match last night to NYCFC. This is the local Sunday Sports Podcast. Hey folks, do you like stickers? Sure you do. What about masks, mugs, notebooks, phone cases, throw pillows, backpacks, and even wall clocks? If you like any of those things, check out redbubble.com. You can search for the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast and click on either the main or alternative logo, or you can visit my press kit at theleadwmallon.com slash podcast and click on either podcasting logo from there. You can choose anything you might need from Redbubble's massive selection. Like I mentioned, there are tons of options and a very good showing of new phone cases you might need. Every purchase you make from these stores on Redbubble comes back and helps out yours truly. I myself have purchased a sticker or two from Redbubble and they are very good quality. The more stickers you buy, the more of a discount you can get. So what are you waiting for? Shop the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast goods from Redbubble. Redbubble. 
listeners. You can buy the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast merchandise thanks to Tee Public. You have a strong choice of variety from t-shirts, sweatshirts, and hoodies, coffee mugs, phone cases, magnets, stickers, notebooks, totes, and even more. Tee Public also holds frequent sales too, where you can save up to 35% off on just about everything. Visit theleewmallon.com slash podcast, then click on the blue Shop My Store at Tee Public button. A portion of each sale helps out the podcast. What are you waiting for? Wear the gear supporting the local Sunday sports podcast. Thanks to T Public. Again, visit theleewmallon.com slash podcast. Then click on the blue Shop My Store at T Public button. T Public. Just a little word about T Public. They're having a sale Wednesday. August 26th until Friday, August 28th, meaning you can get $13 shirts. Shirts are $13 and everything else is up to 35% off. And Public now has the alternate podcast logo. I finally figured out that, oh yeah, I'm supposed to make the logo bigger. So I did. And now it's on there. You can get the main one or the alternative one, whatever floats your boat at Public and also Redbubble. And coming in the mail soon, I have 22 stickers from Redbubble. And I know I'm giving out two, but I think it would be a nice thing if I did a sticker giveaway. So if you're interested in a sticker from the local Sunday Sports Podcast, DM me at Sunday Pod or at the Lee W. Mallon, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'll see it. I know I will. So let's talk about the Cincinnati Reds. Kind of a letdown of a season, isn't it? I'm not talking just the 60 games, but all the moves made in the offseason for this. A couple games under 500. I mean, Dan Horde the other night was talking on extra innings on 700. He was talking about if this kept up, Cincinnati will have a 69-win normal season, if anything was normal in 2020, which it's not. How depressing is that? And you know what? I mentioned it on the podcast a couple times, but how many times can you bash the bullpen? I mean, they're starting to get better. And there's a couple moves they made, too, for their second game in Milwaukee tonight that we'll cover as well. Hint, one of the pieces from the Cueto trade is now designated for assignment. Again, later. That batting order. Oh, what has happened to the Reds offense? I feel like I need to contact the milk carton company and say, hey, I'm missing my Cincinnati Reds offense. With all the signings, Nick Castellanos, I mean, Akiyama, Shogo Akiyama, uh, Mike Mustakas, but, you know, he's been battling a couple injuries here and there. Nick Senzel's on the IL. It hasn't been pretty, and I, I know there's reason to look down upon this, but I mean, it could be a lot worse. Could have started one and eight again. (sighs) Thankfully we didn't. So the Reds are in the middle of a four game pack at Milwaukee. Second games tonight. Trevor Bauer, he did reach an accomplishment with five strikeouts, but he also got shell shock for four runs. 
in Milwaukee's 4-2 win last night. The Reds did pick up solo home runs. Kirk Casale had the first run, and Suarez had the second, both solo shots. But it was not enough, and Milwaukee took the first game. So the season standings is 2-2 two and two for each squad. Cincinnati won the first series in Cincy against Milwaukee. So that news I mentioned about someone being designated for assignment who was acquired in the 2015 Cueto trade. Has it really been five years? Cody Reed, he gets the designated for assignment tag, meaning if no one claims Reed, he can go back to normally the minor leagues and get off the 40-man roster, but uh, (laughs) nothing's normal in 2020, like I mentioned. So alternate sites... Frasco Park, Farmland, I don't know, the Taxi Squad, whatever you want to call it. Robert Stevenson on the other side has been activated. Like I mentioned, the bullpen, yeah, they were kind of stinking it up. Rysel Iglesias. <sighs> Since Bell has taken over, Iglesias it's kind of went down, you know? Last year he lost 12 games, and this year he's already got... A pair of losses, I believe. Three saves, though. But Dan Horde was also mentioning, hey, you know, why not try to trade him, get some value for him? I mean, he's going to make, what is it? He's not reaching the double digits in millions on his contract. So that's pretty reasonable. Maybe get a couple pieces here and there. Big thing is get a bat because I know this Reds team can be, you know, good. But right now, the offense is sorely lacking. Oh, batting a buck 60 something in this start in this four game series in Wisconsin. 160s for a team batting average. Unacceptable. Suarez has had a rough go of it. I mentioned Mustakas, but. No one's really got a hot bat. It started off well, but then just everyone's now batting. I think the best one was like 231. That's Castellanos. Starting pitching, that's the main strength. I don't need to tell you that. I mean, Di Scalfani, he did get roughed off against Pittsburgh. That was a very rough game for Di Scalfani, but I think he settled back down nicely against St. Louis. And like I mentioned, the bullpen's starting to get better. Michael Lorenzen's starting to find his stuff. A mechanical tweak here and there. And, hey, he's actually reliable again. Cool. Right now, if you don't score runs, what games are you going to win? So, uh, I think the batting order will turn around. I think. I don't have any scientific proof on that. But, yeah. So Reed leaves with an 0-1 record and a 5.79 ERA over nine games and 2-12 and since debuting with the Reds in 2016. He had a 5.44 ERA since debuting in Cincinnati. So, yeah. So that means Brandon Finnegan is the last piece of that Cueto trade. Which Cueto... He quickly went to San Francisco, if I remember right, from Kansas City. Not on a trade that same year, but eventually Cueto took a deal with the Giants. So that means Brandon Finnegan is the last piece of that Cueto trade in 2015. Again, five years ago. Does that make you depressed? It makes me depressed. 
and Brandon Finnegan to depress you even more because that apparently is a thing to do on this podcast. Finnegan hasn't appeared in the majors since 2018 and last year took off the 40 man roster, meaning, you know, now he has to go not waivers, but he's got an extra step to get back to the MLB team. So Finnegan finished last year, by the way, in case you're curious, in Double H Hanuga and had a 6.60 ERA in 13 games. Oof. Can I also talk about why is Joey Votto batting in the leadoff spot? So that's something I've been noticing over the past week and a half. Why is Votto leading off? He's a great three or four guy in your lineup. That's where he should be. Isn't that why you sign Akiyama to lead things off? Sinzel's not bad at the leadoff spot either. I just... If Travis can... If Travis Jankowski can get the bat going, I mean, that's an option there. He's pretty quick. But, yeah... Why is Votto leading off? There was a tweet that I saw, and I believe I favored it. I should look that up so I have the correct information. But someone said it doesn't matter where they bat, they're batting. Which, uh, I agree and disagree with that because I'm so wishy-washy like that. No, I agree with it just because, yeah, you're going up to bat, you're facing a pitcher, they're throwing pitches towards the strike zone and hopefully not at you. But I feel the part I disagree about that is the fact that if you're leading things off, you are trying to get the tempo of the game going in your favor. I mean, the last game in St. Louis against uh, Ponce de Leon, uh, his ERA was, what was it? Six something, five something. It, It was up there. And I said, you know, if this was any team but the Reds, they would pounce on Ponce de Leon and, you know, put some runs up early. To my surprise, the Reds did. They put up two runs against them in the first inning, and that's all they could muster. Great. So, and I believe the Cardinals won 6-2 that game to win three out of four against Cincinnati. So, yeah, I, I feel like people have... A right to be disappointed on that. Uh, there's still time to turn around. Heck, next week is the trade deadline. I can't believe I said that. I think it's six days now. So, yeah, Monday is the trade deadline. Again, I think the Reds should not be traders. They should be buyers. I guess the appropriate term is sellers, but you get my point there. I think the Reds should be buyers. And what I'm looking for, a quality bat. And I'm looking to keep that core that you brought in from the offseason intact. Like Dan Horde mentioned on the radio, maybe it's time to look at Rysel Iglesias. Maybe put Lucas Sims in that spot. I always thought Amir Garrett would be fine as a closer, but I think he's okay with the setup role or the eighth inning setup role. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this season finishes off. Of course, more teams get in this year, but it's just, you expected so much more. The offense is the problem. The bullpen, 
hasn't been helping most games when the Reds have had a lead. Like I mentioned, Rysel Iglesias already with a couple losses in the pocket. But it's, um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I mean, yeah. So continuing on from the article uh, that I got the news about Cody Reed getting the DFA and Robert Stevenson getting out of the IL, getting off the IL even, with Bell sticking with Votto. Following a strong start to 2020, absolutely, that man was having a great start to the year. Joey Votto has seen his numbers plummet. Votto was moved to the leadoff spot for Monday's series opener versus Milwaukee. He's been leaning off for a while. And coming into that night, going 3 of 22 in his last six games. And hitless in his last 11 at-bats. He did draw a walk last night, which I don't understand why people get upset with walks. He drew a walk. He's on base. Meaning, he's on base. Be happy with that. That's selective hitting. Not a lot of players in the MLB or in baseball have that patience. I know I wouldn't, but then again, I, I'm not an athlete by any means. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, last night's starting lineup, Votto at first leading off, Castellanos in right, Suarez at third. Matt Davidson's the DH. He had that grand slam to help Cincinnati win their only game against St. Louis. Uh, Mike Moustakas back, which is nice. Philip Irvin getting a start. How did I not catch that? Jesse Winker, who's been the hottest hitter on that lineup. I mean, people were getting after him on that slow start, but since then, he's batting close to 450 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Winker's a keeper on that. Casale, like I mentioned, he had a home run. And Kyle Farmer, he's just, he's all over the place. hes I think he's doing all right on there. I should probably look up the stats now. So game Tuesday night, 3 and 4, Wednesday and Thursday. That's how days work. And then I think they're back home Friday, but we'll double-check the schedule in a minute. Another question I have is Tyler Stevenson went 2 for 2 in his Reds debut. Why isn't he getting a shot? Barnhart and Casale really aren't, you know, doing so hot. I'm looking at the top 11 for batting average, and they're not on it. Now, yes, I know, Stevenson, Tyler Stevenson's batting a 1,000 and two at-bats. You can't take that and say, oh, he'll just bat a 1,000. Instant hit all the time. Wouldn't that be great, though? But, yeah, like I mentioned, your best hitter has been Jesse Winker, 315. That leads the Reds with, you know, how many at-bats is that? Where is the at-bats? At least 35. We'll call it that. Kyle Farmer, is he, he's batting 270. I knew he was doing all right. Castellanos is batting 253. I don't know where I got the 239. It's probably from last week. And this is the first week I'm talking about the Reds. Aquino, there's been a lot of questions. Is why is he still with the taxi squad? Mason, he should be down in Cincinnati with the team. He was batting 250. Sinzel, he's been hurt. He's at 244. Shogo Akiyama is at 224. Notice the dip there. Matt Davidson, 214. Then you got Freddie Galvis, the shortstop, at 213. I still wish the Reds kept Jose Iglesias because I really like Jose's bat, but he's now in Baltimore. 
I mentioned Freddie Galvis, Joey Votto at 200, Mike Moustakas, 194, Kirk Casale, 179, Tucker Barnhart, 178, Eugenio Suarez, 154, Christian Colon before he got the DFA, he was batting 130, Philip Irvin was at 3 of 32, 094, and Travis Jankowski, 067. Josh Van Meter, who's been sent down to Prasco Park, was batting 059. And Michael Lorenzen doesn't have an at bat. Mark Payton, his first game, went 0 for 3. He was the one that took the place of Christian Cologne. Like I mentioned, the batting average, just why? This is the year that you spent money in the offseason, bring in some quality players, and just it's not turning around. It's I, I think it will eventually, but. I don't have a crystal ball on that. I like to tell you that things will work, but I don't know. Like I mentioned tonight, 810 Eastern, 710 Central. Brewers, 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 and then back home. Yes, the Reds will be back at home. Lucky guess me. Actually, I remembered it after I said that. The Reds will be back home for four. They have a doubleheader on Saturday against the Cubbies of Chicago. And then St. Louis is in town to close out August and September. A three-game series against St. Louis and then four games in Pittsburgh. There's a doubleheader that Friday, September 4th. And the second game of that doubleheader, the Reds are the home team because it was supposed to be in Cincinnati. But there you go. And the Reds won't be back home until September 14th with another doubleheader against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Home against the White Sox, home against the Brewers at the Twins. And October turns around, no game schedule, so the Reds are still in the chase. Yeah, the 60-game thing, I mean... Yeah, I know, a summer collegiate baseball has 60 games. I get that, but it's just... Hey, we have baseball. So as much as I've complained about the Reds and the ice cold offense and the bullpen, which is starting to get better now, thankfully, I uh, we have baseball. So I'm happy to talk Reds baseball. The Reds could be oh and whatever at this point. I still talk about them you know, because it's my team. It's the team I turn on the radio for and listen. Of course, you have probably heard out of the comments that Tom Brenneman made and he's no longer calling games for the Reds. He's no longer calling NFL games on Fox this fall. So yeah, always make sure your microphone is hot. If you're not going to follow that rule, don't spread hatred. There are so many people that defend him. I mean, yeah, he made a mistake and I, I, I don't know how I feel because I can't stand the the word that he used on that. I'm not repeating on this podcast. You know what it is. I know what it is. I mean, I, I got called that word a lot in uh, middle and high school. Let me tell you, it's it's not fun. But, yeah, I... I, it, I, I, I I'm, I'm halfway between... The punishment is fair, and, you know, should he lose his entire career on it? I don't know if I have a coherent thought on that. 
and it's because of the fact that you know i people make mistakes that's a bad mistake and i don't like that he used that word again well not again but again i don't like he using that word there you go so we'll see how that goes uh jim day has taken over on tv and Tommy Thrall's on radio. And actually, it's been a while since I caught a Reds game on radio, so I have to change that soon. How about we swing over from the Reds to the Bengals real quick? Dan Horde also mentioned on 700 that the Bengals season starts in less than three weeks. Joe Burrow's era starts in less than three weeks. I don't know whether to be depressed about that or excited about that. Depressed because didn't we just start baseball? <laughs> And excited because, yeah, it looks like Joe Burrow is ready to go. I mean, all the reports saying that he's comfortable with the offense already. Yes, it's training camp. And yes, you're not going to have an in-game experience. I hear you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, hey, if he's comfortable already, that's saying something. That's part of the game. And then game one, carry that same swagger, the same confidence, and bam. I think the Bengals will do much better, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do this year. Super Bowl bound? Uh, I don't know yet. I mean, Joe Burrow is a rookie. He's going to have his licks, and things are going to happen with the team. Apparently, injuries are biting Cincinnati already. Uh, I believe it was Trey Waynes that uh, got carted off, and it looks like he's going to miss a good chunk of time. Yeah. But let's talk about FC Cincinnati now. So tonight, the Queen City crew will host the Chicago Fire FC. Man, I miss the old logo of the Chicago Fire, the new one. Just, it doesn't look great. It just looks like, I don't know. I mean, you could say the same about FC Cincinnati's logo. Just the the shield. I think there was a lot of people when it was debuted saying, it looks like a gas station logo. (laughs) I got a laugh out of that, but it's like, you know, it's not bad. So there we go. Enough about logos. So yeah, FC Cincinnati has since giving up four goals to the Columbus crew looked pretty good defensively. Again, they lost to the eventual MLS is back champions in the Portland Timbers via PKs giving up one goal in play. I mean, that's that's a nice turnaround. So I, I like to think the FC Cincinnati squad's turning around. They're coming off four days, a scoreless draw against DC United at Nippert Stadium. And Cincinnati is, FC Cincinnati, excuse me, is in Chicago tonight to take on the fire at Soldier Field. It's really cool that the fire get to play at Soldier Field. But, yeah, scoreless draw. I mean, if you don't follow soccer, it's like scoreless. Well, scoreless draw is not bad because you don't concede a goal as well. So that's that's a point against DC United. I don't think they have Wayne Rooney anymore, but still, I mean, a scoreless draw against anyone. That's nice. So four days ago, a good shutout, and now they're, Playing the fire tonight in Chicago, where the fire have quality players, strong physicality, and they want to play out and play possession at all times at will from 
Yapstam, the head coach of FC Cincinnati. It's going to be an interesting match, and I agree. Definitely, I recommend giving FC Cincinnati a checkout. You know, if you never caught a soccer game, you know, it's pretty good action. You just have to remember, with soccer, you're not, I mean, yeah, goals, you know, you kind of want to see the possession. You want to see the growth. And if FC Cincinnati can continue this ironclad wall of defense they've put up lately, again, not counting that opening Columbus 4-0 loss, FC Cincinnati has given up one goal. That's it. So that's not bad. And Portland looks to be pretty good this year. So definitely tonight, I believe it is 8 because it's central time. That probably makes sense. You want to know how good the FC Cincinnati defense has been? Well, the orange and blue have gone 300 consecutive minutes in league play without conceding a goal, which that's a club record for FC Cincinnati and the MOS. Yeah. 300 minutes. You got 90 minutes and then stoppage time, but that's close to four matches. So, hey, that's pretty good. If FC Cincinnati can keep Chicago shut out for 60 minutes, then that's four games. Bam, right there. Not counting stoppage time again. I mean, I mentioned the defense has been better, but uh, Titan, Titan, I think, he's played well in goal. So, that's nice. Like I said, this is the last year that FC Cincinnati is at Nippert Stadium. They're still building the West End Stadium, although work was stopped. I don't know if they resumed it because of a racial incident, which just, I don't want to talk about it. I could talk about how I feel humanity has just gone down the toilet, but again, I think it's just wasted breath at that point. It's actually tonight at 7.30 Eastern Time, so 30 minutes. You know, I was a little bit off. You can watch the pregame show or something like that. No fans permitted at Soldier Field, but, you know, that's kind of the norm. Where to watch it? Star 64, WSTR in Cincinnati. Out of market stream, you got ESPN+. Plus. In market, you can watch it on the website, fccincinnati.com slash stream and radio. Well, there's TuneIn, FCCincinnati.com, and also the WDJO family, 99.5 FM, 107.9 FM, and 1480 AM. So, definitely should be a very fun match, FC Cincinnati against the Chicago Fire. How about the Ohio Brethren and the Columbus Crew? I mentioned it once, I'll mention it as many times as I can because I think it's funny. I talk about the crew and FC Cincinnati on this podcast because I am evil. No, uh, the crew I've been following for a long, long time in sports. And FC Cincinnati, I mean, heck, they're only, what, five years old now? Five years old. That's crazy to think how quick FC Cincinnati, three years in USL, and then their second season now in MOS. Crazy to think. Whereas the crew on the other side, one of the first founding teams and one of the first teams to have a soccer only stadium in Moffray Stadium, which they're moving out of at the end of this year. And that's becoming a youth development program, which is nice. It's not just going to sit there empty, which I applaud Columbus for that. So the Columbus crew are number two in the power rankings. 
even with that loss to NYCFC last night. I wonder if NYCFC still plays at Yankee Stadium. And eh, it doesn't matter. So still on top of the supporters' shield. They left the MLS's back tournament on PKs against Minnesota United. And, yeah, this looks to be a great team for Caleb Porter. So I'm excited to see how they do, and also very excited to see Columbus and FC Cincinnati with the strength of the defense now. FC Cincinnati definitely will want to prove that, you know, that four-goal allowance was a fluke. So... And the crew want to prove it wasn't a fluke. We're that good. So MLSsoccer.com has the crew ranked second overall. The previous ranking was fourth. And possibly would have been first place if they drew at NYCFC or beat them. So pretty big news. Like I mentioned, Caleb Porter has himself a quality, quality team in Columbus. So what is next for the black and gold well, I'll tell you in a second. The next game is Hell is Real in Cincinnati. <laughs> That's great. It's Saturday, August 29th at Nippert Stadium. And if you want to catch the Columbus side of the broadcast, well, it's 97.1 FM, The Fan, the big sports station in town. Fox Sports Ohio will have it, which is great. Uh, the website will have the live stream, it looks like, for 97. 971thefan.com, Fox Sports Go. Well, that's Fox Sports Ohio for you. Yeah, actually, I beg your pardon. It's Sports Time Ohio. I was reading the wrong one like a silly. Sorry. But yeah, Saturday is the first leg of Hell is Real. When is the Columbus leg, you ask? Well, not too far from now. I think it's, what is that, next Sunday? Not this upcoming Sunday, but the next. At Montfrey Stadium, FC Cincinnati at Columbus. That one's also on Sports Time Ohio. Hmm. The Fox Sports Ohio match is at home against the Philadelphia Union, but there you go. So that's a little recap. I uh, would love to talk about collegiate baseball. You know, uh, the Dragons. Would love to see what that minor league team looked like, especially the first year of Day Air Ballpark, which is the same field as Fifth Third Field, but, you know... New name, new logo and everything, and new signage up. It's exciting. So I think that will cover it. That's episode 178 in the books, and it took nearly an hour to record. I'm sorry about that. But, hey, it was a lot of fun talking fall sports with you, and we'll talk again for episode 179. Keep your eyes peeled on social media at the Lee W. Mowen. I'll figure out a way to share final scores of Ohio high school football on Fridays and not just tweet them, of course. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. Talk to you again for episode 179. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. Be sure and bookmark SindayPod.com, the official website of the local Sunday Sports Podcast. From there, you can find your favorite way of listening to future episodes on platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Pandora, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and more. 
You can also find the Redbubble and TeePublic shops there too, where all podcast merchandise purchases go to help the podcaster. Follow on social media at Pod and Lee W. Mowen on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This closing theme was created with the Splash app. This is Lee W. Mowen saying thank you again for listening, and we'll talk more local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports next time. <laughs>